This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. We are very pleased, ladies and gentlemen, to have with us, I guess, Dean, you're going to be our resident historian, Dean <laughs> Carianis, who is the... Proud to be. Yes, who is the creator and author of the... I'm sorry, the creator and host of HistoryAuthor.com. You're also a columnist with the New York Sun. Among yes, other, sir. Yeah. And we worked many years together. Dean was one of the producers with Rush Limbaugh for many, many years. And, Dean, always a pleasure to have you with us. Well, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, James. And I could just listen to your voice and Steve Winwood all day. <laughs> well, here we are on July 4th. I mentioned in the monologue, what you didn't hear, that I don't really celebrate July 4th. To me, it's White Folks Independence Day. But I love the fact that we celebrate it as a nation. And I love the fact that and we have so much to be proud of in this nation, America. And America changed the course of the world. And this was not an easy thing to arrive at, this, this declaration of independence. Why don't you walk us through some of the history that led up to that moment, Dean? Well, for me, I don't know when olive people, when Greek people celebrate Independence Day. And I come on here because you can pronounce my name, and I go to the New York Sun because they could spell my name. But <laughs> for me, you're right. We leave all of that behind. We ignore what comes before the hyphen and as much as we can, and we try to just focus on the American part. And hopefully we look at it and we say, these were flawed people just like us. They get together and they do something that had really never been done before, certainly by not by a group like this. And I know that there was Athenian democracy before. And if people want to check out the Greek prime minister's speech before the U.S. Congress last May, celebrating the 200th anniversary of the rebirth of the Greek nation, throwing off the Ottoman Empire, that, that's really an inspiring place to start because our founders started there when they did this declaration. And what's amazing is there were men of means they were men who had economic security that was really unknown in the 18th century, and yet they they risked it all. When you hear that line or read that line about our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor, honor meant a lot, but hey, money means a lot always in any era. And they were willing to, willing to risk it, and they lost a lot of it, and none of them ever turned, no matter how much the British pressured them. They declared independence. Benjamin Franklin has that line about, we must all hang together, otherwise we shall most assuredly hang separately. They sign it, do those 56 men, and there were, of course, no African-Americans among them. There were certainly no Greeks among them, because if you think John Hancock's name was big, then me trying to put all those vowels in there or somebody like me would have been even harder. But it was something very inspiring. Uh, here, Jefferson writes it, of course, and today we can't hear Jefferson's name without thinking of Sally Hemings and thinking about the slavery side of him. But he produces this amazing document. He talks too much. Congress goes and hacks away at his writing, and any writer can feel what he says, that razor blade. He felt like he was being cut physically, called them their depredations. They they make 86 alterations. They, they take 500 words out. They leave only 1,337. 
and think how those 1337 words, as you said, changed the world. And they they made everybody aspire for that. They even inspired Greece, which is the birthplace of democracy, later in 1822 to throw off the bonds of the Ottoman Turks. And there, I, I, I can certainly understand when I look back and I say, I remember listening to Rush and when he talked to Zev Chapitz, he spoke to you when he was writing his book about Rush and Army of One. And he came to Rush and he said, you know, I was just talking to Snurdly. And he said, oh, he doesn't celebrate July 4th. It, it, he just doesn't have that connection for him. And don't you understand that? How an African-American might not look at the founding of the country as something glorious. And at the time, I remember Rush said, well, he thinks that it's time for people to get past that and to focus on the genius. And I don't know. I mean, I come from a people that we still call Istanbul, Constantinople, right? And that, that was in 1453. So I'm not about to tell anybody that they can't hold a grudge, you know, and that during that war. No, it's not. In- see, see, for me, Dean, it's not a grudge. It's just an acknowledgement. My people are Americans, too. But these Americans were not allowed the same rights. My dad wasn't allowed the same rights as other people's dads in this country who came to this country much later. So this is not a grudge against America. I love America. All this is is an acknowledgement to my bloodline that my bloodline, That people like me, like my dad, who served this country in World War II, who served this country in the Korean War, did not have the same rights as maybe your dad, who immigrated here later at some point, or other people's dads who immigrated to this country later and would bestow those rights automatically because of the color of their skin. It is not a grudge. It's just an acknowledgement. And I do celebrate America. And, and and it's not something that I should get over or will ever get over. It's just an acknowledgement of history. Yeah, well, as I said, it's not, it wouldn't be my place, too. Maybe I'm just projecting because the, the Greeks, I would I would say, it's, a, it's <laughs> after a certain point, like, that's a bit of a grudge. And you have April uh, 1822, you know, people being sold into slavery. And for me, uh, one of my most inspiring pictures is looking at the Archbishop of the Greek Orthodox Church marching with Dr. King. And he says exactly what you're saying. He says, I marched because I came from a country that I wasn't even the second class citizen. I was third class. Wow. And I can see looking at it and saying, well, you know, there's something that you have to respect and remember. And so I guess grudge, as as you're saying, isn't the right word. And this is making me smile, but also nod my head, because these are the conversations we used to have in the office around the the EIB network. And I, I miss those very much. And I always treasured them. Because it reminds you to step out. And that's what that's what independence should be about. It's about declaring your independence, but also uniting all of those different people and laying the groundwork to eventually be able to overcome differences, to eventually be able to abolish the slave trade first, and then slavery eventually, of course, in the great conflagration of the Civil War. And it's interesting that Lincoln valued the Declaration of Independence even over the Constitution. He was more inspired by it and felt that that, that, that was what, he wanted to implement. He wanted to implement its promise. And so that that's what I think of when I think of the Declaration of Independence. And when I say, if somebody feels, hey, I, I can't just, uh, it's great that you consider me an equal citizen now. We've had a black president, but may, maybe I want to remember that and keep that in my heart and say, hey, at the time that did not apply. And you, I will say also, 
it's important to tell people this this wasn't born of something recent you were you were feeling this way way before it was cool and and they made juneteenth a holiday this is something you've always felt in your heart and i think it also says something about the kind of organization that we had and the kind of team that rush built that we weren't forced to agree with everything and and observe everything and march in lockstep and that that's something that i wanted to mention when i brought that up because that was really true and it is really important and it's important to america today to be able to say those things whether it's whether it's about the Declaration of Independence, something at once upon a time would was sacrosanct. You wouldn't have been able to say what you just said, but at the risk of your own life, or if it's something that, that's politically incorrect today that the, that the other powers are, are trying to stop us from saying. So I think that's really important to tell people and share with them that they can say, hey, wait, stretch your mind a little bit and say, this guy loves America. He's a patriot. You're a national treasure, James Golden. And you. yet you feel this way. And you know what? You know who else I think it may Look, when, I, when you look at the Adams, which I just did, the Adams uh, um, documentary that, that's out there, The Life of John Adams, Abigail Adams was such an amazing force and had such an amazing intellect. And so did yeah. so many other women in America. And yet, they will remind you, too, they did not have the right to vote. They didn't, have, they didn't share equally in America's promise at that point. And now, of course, they do. And this is the beauty of America. Whatever it was, look, there is no nation that you can look at at the face of the earth, on the face of this earth, that has had a perfect nation and a perfect history. And I guarantee you, every major nation on this earth also has their share of horrors. But America is the nation that gave us the self-healing document that over a period of time, we could correct our flaws. Over a period of time, we could become a better people. And over a period of time, we could live up to the promise that was articulated at our founding and the, the promise of America that was articulated at our founding. There is no better promise for the world's government, as far as I'm concerned. I did an interview recently. It's my current one, and it was with James Phillips, who was all the way down in Sydney, and he wrote a book called Two Revolutions and the Constitution, how the English and American revolutions produced the American Constitution. People can go watch it on YouTube or they can just ask their Alexa to play the interview or go to iTunes or what have you. But I quoted one of those John Adams quotes where he looks around at the guys with him. And just like any office or any organization, you say, he says, we don't have men equal to the times or deficient in intellect. We're deficient in everything. How are we going to pull this off? And yet they do, and they give us those tools, they diffuse power, and they make it possible that people can affect change. And what do, what do they say to create a more perfect union? They don't say it's perfect at the outset. They don't come in like the communists and just kill all the old people, the old guard, and, and slaughter the Romanovs and say, oh, hey, it's perfect now. We, we have utopia and just do what I say. They, they lay the groundwork for future posterity, as they called it, for all of us to take the tools that they gave us and try to create a more perfect union. So I, that, that's what I'm getting from what you're saying is the, is that you're able to, you're able to look at that, whether you're you or me, wherever we started, if we started on the bottom rung or we started a few rungs up the ladder, still able to access those tools and try to make that more perfect union. And I think that's what we're doing right now every day. Exactly right. And no, let me tell you something, make no mistake about it. Anybody. I am so proud to be an American. I am proud of this country. 
and I'm proud of the people of America because we, no matter what differences we have, look, even the left in this country, many of the left, I won't say all of them, but many of them share our aspiration for a more perfect union. We just go about it in very different ways. But the aspiration, I believe, among the rank-and-file Americans is the same. We want our country to be more perfect. We want to live in a place that's fair for people, that can give prosperity and a good life to its citizens. And we, I am so proud of this country and what we've been able to do and how we've been able to change the world. And I'll give you the last word on this, Dean. Well, to me, I hope everyone enjoys it today. I know that you're a vegan, so you don't go to barbecues, maybe as part of the reason you have an easier time uh, this weekend. But you don't have to have anyone shoving a hot dog into you. But I just hope everyone remembers the spirit of 1776. It's, it's uh, my column in the New York Sun, hopefully running right now. You can go check it out. And just remember, everyone has a place. When Howard Dean said that flag doesn't just belong to Rush Limbaugh and Republicans, we never think it does. It belongs to all of you out there. We want you to join us. Bring us your ideas, your talents, your intellect, your ideas, and let's all work together to create a more perfect union for the next 240 years. Couldn't have said it better, Dean. Thank you, my friend. God bless. Thank you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.